back. Let's let's go maybe 40 years back. 42 years to be exact. Let's go back to this film that is again one of my go-tos, a film that I love very much so and it's a film that I feel doesn't get talked about enough. The Changeling from 1980. I truly adore this film. Now, first off, don't de- don't get this confused with Changeling, which was a film from like 2008 or 2009 um, that had like Angelina Jolie in it. It's not Changeling. That's like a like a crime kind of drama film. No, this this is a supernatural horror film uh, from the 1980s. It's called The Changeling. Uh, I think it has um, an actor in it that a lot of people might recognize, uh, George C. Scott. He's been in a lot of different things. This is probably one of the few things that I really do recognize him from and probably one of the few things that um, I have really watched him in. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that he might have been known for, but I, I do know that he was in you know the, um, the film industry for years, you know, decades, doing various different things, voice acting, um, television, all that kind of stuff. But um, he is the main character in this film. And what this film is about is this man has a tragic accident where his family dies. So he tries to like kind of like move away and seclude himself from something. And he moves to he moves from I believe he he lives in a big city. So he moves into kind of more of a rural area. And I believe here. Hold on, let me pull it up. So I have exact locations. I want to say it was like. New York yeah here it is he's he's a composer so he moves from New York to Seattle I remember he did something with music I forgot it I thought he was I thought he was a, p- a pianist but he's not he's a composer and so he moves out there so after his um, the tragic death of his family so after the tragic death of his family he buys this house dirt cheap of course and he's starting to live there and he's starting to notice that there's like really creepy things happening and he can't explain it so he starts getting people to come in, these specialists, these psychics, and they're starting to like go through the process with him to understand what he has in his house. Now, what you have to understand is it's one person in the house at all times. So this isn't like a, you know, nobody else kind of sees the, the demon, nobody else sees what he's seeing that live in the same house. He is essentially by himself 90% of the time in this house dealing with whatever this apparition is doing so while he's trying to figure out what this apparition is and what the connection is to the house he learns little by little discovering different things you know what it is that happened in this house and what happened in this house is there was a sick little boy uh, that was part of the family who had lived there prior and that was from I'm going to say if that if this film takes place in regular time frame which means it takes place in like 1990 I believe the kid died sometime in around 19 I got the wikipedia open what am I doing So the little boy dies in 1906 so his his spirit is haunting the house there's a reason why his spirit is haunting the house and this man is trying to dig to find that so what he's trying to do is he's trying to discover all of the little details he's trying to get he's searching up um, homeowner history and discovering where people are um, where people are now who's still alive who can he talk to there's a really a really really gripping scene and it's when he when he brings in the specialist for the seance 
and who those people are is that it's this i've never seen it done outside of this film i could be wrong but i think it's unique to this film and i think it's unique enough that for for some reason i have not seen it in another film and i think it should be utilized whether or not it's real it's very it's very well taken by the audience to be really traumatic and really tense and who this person is this person is almost a clairvoyant that when they sort of hear the words of the spirits they speak it but then also write it down and as she she's writing it down and she's hearing the voice of the spirit things are getting more tense in the house the house is getting more like the air is getting thicker and she's starting to feel like more of this dark energy and she feels this this apparition this boy and she's starting to hear the things that she's saying and she starts repeating things over and over and her and her gentle handwriting is starting to turn into really tough handwriting and then she starts writing manically and ripping pages out and writing manically and ripping pages out and it's just ripping writing ripping writing ripping writing and the, and the scene is just back and forth back and forth it's just so it, it's so wild to see especially when you watch it for the first time it's a very wild scene that i feel doesn't get utilized enough as a form of kind of bringing a sense of terror to a scene and I think it should be because it it executes it perfectly, in, in my opinion. So you have a scene like that where he's still trying to learn. Then you have other creepy scenes where, like, you know, balls are rolling around in the house. You know, th- this is the 80s, so they were still utilizing a lot of the stuff that we would consider to be cliche or outdated scare tactics. But this was the stuff that they used at first back then. So when you take that appreciation for it, you understand why they were a big deal for that that time frame. And it's still executed very, very well. So as he's going through this whole process, he discovers that the little boy who died actually isn't dead. He's alive, and he's like this prominent like banker, or he's a senator. Again, I have the Wikipedia open right here. So he's a senator, claims to you know have still you know been the the boy who had lived in the house and had grown up and all the stuff that sort of, sort of happened. The spirit was actually just a boy who his father might have murdered, and then his father went away for that, and his father's been long dead and whatnot. I, I'm trying to read and also talk at the same time, and I'm not going to read this any further, because I know exactly what the premise is now, that I know I remember who that character was as far as his wealth is concerned. What happens is... The little boy who's murdered is actually the name, the name that it's being utilized. Um, Here, I'll I'll read that. Joseph Carmichael. Joseph Carmichael is the name of the senator. However, Joseph Carmichael is the name of the little boy who died. So what happened is this dude who's playing senator right now as Joseph Carmichael stole the identity of Joseph Carmichael and took that name up. Because that name held weight, so he was just like, yeah, I was the same age as him, so I just took his personality, and I took his his entire life, and I became Joseph Carmichael because he had a better life than I did. And that's where the changeling comes from. The changeling is, this guy murdered and stole this sick boy's life because he was healthy and he felt he deserved it. And when this guy discovers it, when the um, 
when the um uh, uh the George Scott character discovers this, he tries to rectify it and what he sort of does was he calls him out on it and he says, you know, you're going to get yours in a way. And then the house burns itself to the ground because he knows that that's the spirit of the boy and the spirit of the boy is like like this is the release it needs. And as it does that, this guy who's playing Joseph Carmichael dies. And then that is the that's the kind of ending where it's like the spirit gets it's 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 recognition it gets his revenge and it can finally settle and rest easy which essentially when you consider that being the 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 boy's spirit infected the entire house if he was to rest easy then yeah the the house would probably have to have kind of crumbled to the ground almost but then the creepy thing is that all in the rubble of the stolen house the only thing that kind of survives that's just like a little bit like damaged it's got like debris on it and stuff is the little boy's wheelchair that's just sitting there in the middle of all of it. And it's just this, like, it's this pan-out kind of thing where they just show it, and that's how it ends. It's a very creepy movie. It's one of my favorite. It's definitely a story that I don't see often, because the, the idea of the changeling being that it's a person who literally, like, took this poor kid's entire identity after murdering him, and that's the the premise of the spirit coming back and like haunting the house. That's, that's just something that I don't feel is done a lot. And it's really shocking to me that this isn't like, this isn't something that a lot of horror fans talk about. This isn't something that a lot of people talk about. Isn't even a movie that's been even in talks of getting rebooted. I would love to see a modernized rebooted version of this film, especially when it's like, it won awards for being, like, the best Canadian film of all time. It won, like, a best motion picture award at some point. It it has its accolades, but it's not, like, something that's spoken about enough, or at least spoken about enough that I'm happy about it because I, I feel like I'm the only one that brings it up in conversations and, I'm, and nobody really knows what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe I take the time and I go back and I watch older movies when they catch my interest and I find appreciation in them when a lot of the times, and again, I'm also a victim of the, the idea too of sometimes I watch those old movies and they're just not that good. But this is one of those movies that is that good. It's, it's worth its weight and it definitely needs to be talked about more. And if you haven't seen it ever, you definitely have to stop what you're doing and give it a chance. Always give a chance to the older movies because you never know what gems might be sitting around there. I have been burned too many times by newer films. I'm kind of over it, and that's why I revisit older films, especially ones that I really like. I talked about it in another entry about um, The Haunting at Hill House. I'll always go back to the 1960s version of The Haunting over this, and I'm always going to go back to the 1980s Changeling. It's really, really good. It's so good. I love it every Halloween, and if you really haven't seen it, you are missing out. You really are missing out.